Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a four-time, 21-year breast cancer survivor. Sharon's actually off today, but she and I are both the co-founders of Breast Friends. And by the way, you can visit our site at breastfriends.org. We'd love to have you go in and take a look at what we do. I'm also a motivational speaker, and I'm the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. You can visit my speaking website at beckyolsonspeaks.com. And before we get on with our guests today, and it's going to be a really fun show, I can feel it in my bones, <laughs> I want to share a little bit about um, my journey just real quickly. I've been posting my journey on Facebook, and I actually announced it on the local news here in Portland. So, you know, people are very aware of what's going on with me. Um, but yesterday, I had I finished my last radiation treatment yesterday, and it was kind of a fun moment. I think when people finish that last treatment, there's always that what we call the bell ringer moment, you know, where you're just like, woohoo! And what happened with me yesterday, I had my treatment up at uh, Providence St. Vincent. And just before um, they started the treatment, he asked me what music I wanted to hear on the on the radio, and I said, "Oh, Beatles, yeah." So they put Beatles on, and then right after the the machine stopped its humming, and I knew the treatment was done, I hear the guy's voice come over the speaker, and he says, "Becky, this is for you." And then all of a sudden, he starts playing "Hit the Road, Jack." <laughs> I love that so much. And then when they came in, they got out their little bubble gun. I keep saying bubble gum, but it's a bubble gun. It like, looks like a little laser gun, and they're hitting bubbles all over the place. It was just really a fun moment, high fives, hugs all around. And, and I know they do that several times a, a week, I'm sure. But it was, it was a really fun moment. But I also want to remind people of kind of the reality of what happens after the fact. And it was I went through radiation the first time. I had that lovely parting moment. But then kind of the reality of what, is, what you're going through kind of sinks in at that moment. And for a lot of women, um, you know, the family, every, the friends, everybody thinks because you're done, it's over. And for the patient, it really isn't over. There's, there's still a lot of, of trauma that they're facing. They're kind of, I always equate it to postpartum blues. You know, you, you're so excited to have this baby, and then you have this baby, and now what do you do? And it, the same thing kind of happens with treatment. You know, you're excited to be done, but now it's done, and you start to worry who's watching me. How are they going to know if it comes back? And so there's all that kind of stuff that happens. And if that does happen to you, if you're listening in on the show, um, understand that it's perfectly normal, but this is part of why Breast Friends exists. So we encourage you, if it happens, talk to somebody locally that can help support you or reach out to us through our website. Again, it's breastfriends.org. Our contact information is on there. We'll be happy to walk you through you know, what, what to do next. So that's what we're about. And now we're going to get on to the fun part of our show. We have two incredible guests today. And I've been hearing this story for a long time, but I didn't know any of the details. And I'm not even going to tell you any of them. I'm going to let them do that. Our guests are Bob and Linda Carey, and you've probably heard of or at least seen the photos of the Pink Tutu Project, and I am so excited to learn more about their great story. Welcome, Bob and Linda. Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you. It's thanks. wonderful to be on thanks this Thanks for program. having us. Well, we're really excited. I, I want you to, before we go into how the Tutu Project developed, I want you to kind of just tell us a little bit about the two of you, maybe how you met, a little bit about your love story. We, we, not a long version, just kind of a short one, but because we've got a lot of territory to cover today. So, But I want to hear how you guys met. Want to go for that, Bob? Um, sure. Well, actually, uh, I was... I was 24, 25, and living in Phoenix, Arizona, and my neighbor uh, was a nurse at a cardiovascular intensive care unit, and Linda was the unit coordinator in that unit, and um, Linda had heard a lot about me uh, because of the girl that I was dating at the time, and she really didn't want to get... involved in me because of everything she heard so um, <laughs> but but after we broke up 
the other girl and I, uh, Lynn and I met at a Christmas party and I saw her across uh, a bar and she had a black beret and a beautiful smile and, and that was it. Oh, that's w- <laughs> so how many years ago was that? Uh, uh, 150. Hundred and fifty. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> trying to do the math on your age, there, Bob. I was almost. No, <laughs> uh, it, it was thirty, almost thirty-two years in March. Oh, you guys, that's so wonderful. So, Linda, what did what did you think when you? Because obviously, you weren't interested in Bob after hearing about him from his ex. Um, how did you feel when you saw him in that bar? Well, I had my reservations, but I also noticed that he noticed me, and I thought, hmm, okay. And he came over, and we just had a light, fun conversation. He didn't stay because he was going up to Las Vegas with some friends. And I think it took us, so that was around New Year's, it took us a couple months to get together. But I remember we were on the corner, and this is going to just sound so cheesy, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, we're, I lived in Tempe, Arizona, and we're on the corner of Broadway and Mill, and that was probably two miles from my house, and I thought, you know, I've been talking nonsense or what sounded like in my head, and this guy's laughing, and we're just, we just were stopped at that stoplight, and we're laughing, and it was so great because that's I think was is representative of our relationship. We've not that it's the complete base of it, but it's like, wow, this guy gets me, and I probably said something really stupid, but that was the whole night was just laughter, and I thought, wow. And I, I had never had that feeling. I, I dated guys, but not felt the connection. And I just did with him. And Bob and oh, I, I don't so know, we hung out a lot almost every day <laughs> after that, which sounds extreme. I mean, for me, it does. But, um, it, you know, it was, laughter it was great. is so important. Well, you know, laughter is... I told you, I thought that it was because I said that you needed to fasten your seatbelt before we moved. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a very <laughs> responsible man, I can tell that. <laughs> No, I I think, you know, laughter is so important. When my husband asked me why I fell in love with him, it's because he made me laugh when I first met him. I was on a date with another guy, and I met him that night. (laughs) Never saw that other guy again, but but my husband made me laugh. We'll be married 38 years this coming May. So laughter is is so important, and when you you can find a partner that you can chuckle with, it's it's really, it's a good thing, right? So good for you guys. Well, listen, let's get on with the 2-2 project story because we have a a lot of, I have just so many questions to ask you, and I just want to get going here. So, so Bob, I have a question for you. What inspired you to start taking (laughs) photos of yourself in a pink tutu, for crying out loud? Well, um, in 1994, well, in 1989, my mother died of breast cancer oh. that metastasized to her liver. And then she, after four years, and then she passed away a year later. And um, so that was 1989. And then in 1994, I'm like, I'm a commercial photographer. I uh, have a, a degree in art photography, but going to school, I never really cared about. I mean, I didn't, all I wanted to be was a commercial photographer and make a living being a photographer. And so I graduated from school because my mom thought it was important. And uh, then in 1994, Linda and I opened our first studio in Phoenix. And Something after that was some spurred beyond where I just started, at, you know, four or five years later, I started to grieve the death of my mother. And um, I started making photographs of myself in black and white in the studio of my head, like self-portraits. And um, so that's kind of where it started with photographing myself. And I used it. After I did the first image, I noticed that it felt really good, and it felt like, you know, it was like now my form of self-therapy. And so over the next nine years, I did this project, and it kind of blossomed into this this thing where people start asking me to show in galleries and museums, and then I was showing in Europe, and I was, you know, doing all this stuff, and, and... it really, you know, making photographs and 
photography and just photographing myself really helped. You know, I was basically taking care of myself. And yeah, that's so, good. Um, in 2002, I was asked by Ballet Arizona to give my interpretation of ballet. So I had a tutu made and <laughs> put it on and did one of my interviews that I was doing. <laughs> and, and it was uh, in the studio. And then eight months later, Linda and I, you know, I, that we'd been planning to move for a little while. And when we sold everything we had at the age of 42, I'd lived in Arizona my whole life. And we moved to Greenpoint, Brooklyn. And, uh, which was a very interesting concept. I mean, you know, who would do that? I mean, my dad yeah. thought I was a fool, you know? And, and so we did it. And, uh, when I got there, you know, when we got there, it was like, you know what? We're not visiting anymore. We're like living here, you know? And it's yeah. a lot That's different. Great. And yeah, I'm sure it so would be. I, I mean, weather, just, just the weather is probably a lot yeah, the different. We, yeah, the weather, you know, a trip to Home Depot isn't 45 minutes anymore. It's four hours, you know? And <laughs> it's like, uh, so I start making these photographs of me and, this tutu, this is before Linda was diagnosed, and like, and it's very, you're very vulnerable when you're wearing a pink, wearing a tutu. I, I can only in, imagine. In the city, you know. <laughs> and Especially if you so, have to use the restroom, you got to uh, walk into a men's bathroom wearing a pink tutu. Oh my. <laughs> well, I would be changed on <laughs> the street, actually. And I, I, um, so that's where it started, and then the first eight months, I, I did a few images, and then when Linda was, you know, and, and had her surgery, I started to make more images, and she was encouraging me to go out and do that because she knew it made me uh, feel better and happy, you know, to make photographs awesome. and to have an adventure. And um, so over the next three years, uh, Linda had her treatments for a year and a half, and then she was off of her treatments. And I would travel a lot, so I take the tutu wherever I went. And um, well, I've seen some interesting out. photos in interesting places. Um, why don't tell us where you have traveled for photos? We've got about three minutes left until the first break, so tell us okay, some of the so, places you've traveled so and what's the most so unusual one. I'm sorry. Um, it, in uh, 2007, she was rediagnosed, and uh, we start doing this more and more. I've, I've photographed myself in Colombia, uh, Italy, Greece, um, <laughs> I don't know where else, uh, Canada, Germany, a bunch, and in New York, of course, uh, and, New Jersey, uh, Arizona, Florida. Yeah, all all over. Yeah, well, all the like a lot of the states. So, I've been doing it for 15 years now. And so let me ask you a question: Do you do you decide where you want to go and get photoed, or do you just go places and decide to photo yourself while you're there? How does that well, work? Well, it, it's it goes both ways, you know. Since our uh, project has gone viral and now we have a foundation, you know, we have more opportunities to photograph and more uh, in places where I never imagined that we would have <laughs> access to, like the American Ballet Theater at the Met in, at oh, the Lincoln wow. Center, um, on private runways, um, uh, at the New York Giants game, <laughs> New Arizona so awesome. Cardinals, uh, uh, at, the, at a theater with Hold, me holding Willie Nelson's guitar. I mean, you know, Big Apple Circus, you know, uh, all. It, it's just the list kind of goes on and on. And we're just That's so grateful so that we're able to to do that. So what's the most unusual shoot that you've ever done? Well, I think the most fulfilling was uh, with the the swans with American ballet theater in New York, you know, during a dress mm -hmm. rehearsal. And, 
that was amazing. And I've stood on a slippery rock on a edge of a 1200 foot cliff at, uh, Niagara Falls. Oh, I, whoa. That's scary. I mean, it, that was kind of silly, I think. And, uh, I, you know, I stood on the wing of a corporate jet and I, <laughs> are you serious? I, I don't, I don't know. I've done, I've not as a flying, but, you know, just well, on that tarmac. But <laughs> I would, um, I would hope I mean, not. But did they know you were on the wing, so they didn't just try to take off and go? What is all that no. extra weight? <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, it was a setup shot. They're a, <laughs> a, a company Getting called Jetlinks is a sponsor of ours, so um, nice. they let us pretty much do whatever we want. And uh, this is so. Uh, this is so. It, I, I love I love your creativity. I've seen some of the photos, and we are going to talk more about the photos at the end of the program and how people can get your new calendar that you guys have done. But for right now, Great. we do need to take a break. So we're going to go out. We'll be back okay, in just a couple you. minutes. Hang in tight, folks. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about the Pink Tutu Project with our guests, Bob and Linda Carey. And Bob, I want to thank you so much for sharing all that with me. I mean, I, it's what an exciting thing. And what's really interesting to me in some of what you said is that it was, you know, your mom passed in 1989, and it was it was a few years later when, as part of your grieving process for your mom, that all of this kind of came to be. And then Linda, after you guys were together, Linda ends up getting diagnosed with breast cancer. So Linda, um, right. why don't you share a little bit about your journey, and what are some of the things that you've learned along the way in your cancer journey? Well, I could probably write a book about what I've learned, but I'll give you. You just probably a few. should then. <laughs> <laughs> Books are I good. Was, I, <laughs> I was diagnosed in December 2003. We had just moved to Brooklyn eight months prior to that. So, I mean, I, fortunately for me, we had just changed insurance to New York Insurance. And it was pretty crazy. We didn't know that many people. Didn't have any idea, you know, like, okay, so how do I find a doctor just to start with? So that was a little bumpy yeah. there. Um, I had uh, mastectomy. Uh, radiation, chemotherapy, and then I was on a trial medication for a year. 18 months after I finished that, so that was 18 months of treatment. Then 18 months later, I didn't, 
there were no symptoms, nothing. I just called my doctor and I said, listen, I think you should do my tumor markers early. And she said, why? She said, are you sick? I said, well, I didn't have symptoms the first time other than a lump. I think you need to check them. And my intuition was right. My cancer moved to my liver. And I have been on medication. That was in December 2006. And I've been on medication or treatment since then. Uh, I'm wow, doing well. Bob, that must All have been scary. Consider. That must have been scary for Bob because his mom's cancer went to her liver, if I remember what you said correctly. So that must have been a really frightening it, thing. Yes, I would was. imagine that it was. Yeah, but you're doing okay now, and you're. Are you still on I'm that doing medication? Okay. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm on Herceptin and a uh, oral medication called Zolota, and okay. I do fairly well. I mean, I we run the Tutu Project, and uh, Bob and I also have a commercial photography business, so I'm pretty busy, which is probably I think is a good thing, which can go yeah, into what I learned. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I learned from just the Tutu Project is to be focused is good for me. And to have specific things to do um, is wonderful. Um, it keeps me out of my head. Yes. Uh, also, what's really important is to be my own advocate in my treatment plan. I um, recently had some challenges with my new oncologist, and just to get him to hear me, it took like six months of conversations. Oh, my. And, but, I, but I didn't give up. It's like, no, you're not understanding where I'm coming from. This is what I choose to do. And... But he wanted me to do what he, you know, what he felt was best, and I didn't think it was the best. So, so that was that's important. Um, one of the biggest things I've learned is because I'm I'm a strong woman and I like to take care of myself. Is I learned how to be vulnerable, and I'm still oh, working wow. on that as far as asking people to help me. But I think that's important um, to let people help you. Um, and isn't it hard? That is such a hard thing to do. I mean, even when people offer to help, you know, they say something like, and this is so common, you know, Linda, I'm so sorry if that you're going through this. If there's anything I can do, would you let me know? And our instinct is to say, oh, thank you. Sure, I'll let you know. And then we don't. So, yeah, exactly. learning how to say, yes, I accept your help. It's, that, it's hard for you to do, but it's really a gift to that person who's offering because you're, you're admitting that vulnerability and you're saying, yes, I, I really could use your help. And so good for you for, for learning that. It's not an easy lesson, though, is it? No, it's not. It's, you know, letting go years of the way I, you know, live my life. But I think that you made a good point. It's a gift. People yeah. want to receive or people want to give as much as they receive. And just opening your um, hearing to say, you know, yeah. when they do say they want to help, they generally mean it. Yes, um, they do. They do. And, so you know, one of the pieces learn? of advice that we give to people, you know, to the friends or the family members who are in that place where they want to help but they don't know how, it's okay to say, let me know if there's anything I can do, knowing that the patient is probably going to say exactly that, you know, thanks, I will, and then they won't. But it's okay to say that. Just don't leave it there. You know, if you're that friend, what I had people that would call me after the fact a, a week later and say things like, you know, I'm at the grocery store. What's on your list? And and I would hesitate. I'd say, oh, it's I'm fine. Bill can go later. And they go, no, I'm here now. What's on your list? Well, you know, it's hard to say no to that. <laughs> so you tell them what's on your list. They bring it to you. You pay them when they get there. And, you know, and they've just really been so helpful. So, you know, to word of advice to the friends and family, don't just leave it there. It's okay to say that. Just don't leave it there and don't assume because the patient hasn't called that she's okay because she's she's probably not. She probably really could use your help. Oh. So, yeah. It sounds like so you have great, persistent friends. Yeah, we do. And I've had some amazing ones in my life. And, um, you know, people ask me all the time, so why? how come you're going through this for the fourth time, you know, in 21 years? And, well, who's better to go through it than me? <laughs> I'm very experienced at going through cancer battles, and I've got a great support team. So if someone has to go through it for the fourth time, why not me? You know, um, so I've been very Four blessed times. that Who way. Who knows to you? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, and and this t- this last time they called it. Uh, my doctor thought it was well. Thought they all thought it was metastatic because the pathology report said so. But he's really rethinking that now that maybe it's just a persistent spot. So, but they're treating it like it's metastatic. They've got me on a drug called Ibrance, which is brand new, mm-hmm. and um, and so I'm on that. And we'll see what. And by by July, if there's no more signs of cancer, we'll probably go back to treating it like we have the last eight years. But um, but yeah, so I'm very experienced in in doing this. You know. <laughs> But Darn Linda, well. you've been 
you've been battling it for so long now as well. So, um, what what advice do you have for someone newly diagnosed with cancer? Well, I, as with me, be be aware of being your own advocate, and if you don't feel comfortable speaking out, grab a friend or family member that can that can take notes at doctors' offices. Um, I think it's really important to, to somebody advice. to write down the, the answers to the questions that you have because it's such an emotional time. I just remember that I almost I, I could hear the answers, but they kind of flew over my head because all I could think of is chemotherapy. Oh, my gosh, this is so scary. What does it right. mean? So that has always been helpful. And, and to ask questions. And if yeah. you don't like the answers or don't understand the answers, ask them again. And if you still don't, ask them again. Don't be afraid to ask. Um, I think that's really important. And get a second opinion. If you're not sure yeah. that this is a doctor for you or the treatment plan is correct, go find someone else and ask them. It's it's okay. It's your health. It's your body. It is. And, you know, there's a there's kind of an important um, thought behind that. You just kind of tri- triggered a reminder for me. If you are not comfortable with your doctor for any reason, no matter what advice they give you, you're always going to question it. And I think a part of, maybe a part of my success in battling this kind of successfully four times is I trust my doctor and I actually had to let one go. Um, my The doctor I had for my second battle, I had to let her go because she didn't, she didn't hear me. She wasn't, she wasn't hearing me and I, I lost faith in her ability to have me as I needed to be the center of, of this world at the moment, you know, and I needed her exactly. to, to hear me and believe in me. And so I had to let her go. And I, I found another doctor who I've now been with ever since. And he actually got me through my second battle, my third battle, and is now getting me through my fourth battle. And I adore him because he, he understands me and we have a connection and I trust him, you know, and he kind of was my second opinion at that point, And I've stayed with him. And I think that's really important. If you don't have that good will feeling about your doctor, it's okay to get a second opinion and then maybe switch doctors. It's okay. It's your health. It's uncomfortable for a moment, but you know, you get past it, right? So exactly. And trust, I mean, trust is so important. And so let me, let me ask you this. Um, I know that with Bob and his tutus and humor, what role does humor play in in healing from breast cancer? Well, for me, I mean, it, (laughs) I like, well, as I said early in the program, Bob and I laughed together, and that's kind of how we started our relationship. So I've always found it to be a tension, um, it releases tension and helps me relax and general sense of well-being. Um, So I think that's important from my standpoint, but just since we started this project, we get so many wonderful emails and Facebook comments, and it seems to work for others as well. And, you know, there's studies out that said that laughter is therapeutic, and I really believe that. Um, People share, they they love Bob's images, and um, they see the joy reflected in them, and that makes them smile. And then people uh, send pictures of themselves in tutus. Oh, I love it. And it... (laughs) Yeah, well, then you know, it's, it's, there's something contagious about being in a tutu. People get, well, not, not frivolous, but they have fun, and they just yes. open up. It's kind of like a Halloween costume in the middle of the year. And I don't it's, know, it just, it it just so makes true. people smile. <laughs> you know, there's a group here in Portland that we've built a really beautiful relationship with. It's called They're called the Portland Beardsmen, and it's this group of, of crazy guys that all have some of them have beards down to their waists and some of them have really curly beards. I mean, they're just, it's just this group of guys called the Portland Beardsmen and their their girlfriends and wives can join too. And they are known for, they don these tutus and then they, they have this Mother's Day program where they go out and deliver flowers to mom in tutus. You pay extra, you pay extra for the tutu delivery, but then they give that, um, that delivery fee to a nonprofit and Breast Friends has been the recipient of that for the last two years in a row. But they are so fun, and we had just had an open house recently um, here in, in the Portland area, and somebody came up and said, hey, there's a whole bunch of people outside in tutus, and it turns out it was them, and they were coming up to our open house to hand deliver some flowers to me to let me know that they had my back um, for, my, for my cancer journey, because they had just learned about it, and 
they just came to do that. And, of course, they got there in time for food, so they were able to eat some lovely food. <laughs> but, you know, they made everybody laugh when they walked in the room. So I know I digressed a little bit on that, but it was such a great story. Um, but you're right. Seeing no, people in tutus, <laughs> you know. And it's even better than a boa because a lot of people wear boas, ourselves included. But there's something about a tutu, you know. <laughs> so, and it's a great man in it. What's that? It's even it's to see men wearing tutus also. Oh, there's something yeah. because it's not the norm. I put quotations yeah. around that, and it I don't know sparks laughter. It, it certainly does. So you know what you said that you guys have a Facebook page, and I actually would like to ask you how what's it what's it under what should we, should we search for so people can go in there and like your page because I, I think there's the there's project. photos on there right? Yeah, well, there's photos, there's information. Um, uh, I'd love to, and our um, fans love to hear about people who are in treatment if they need. Um, help, you know, just a little bit of support. One woman I was talking to from Germany, I asked her if I could post her picture because I knew she was having trouble and I made it National Nicole Day and the response was amazing. And I love that. It makes me feel good and people, our fans love to hear stories like that. So there's lots of fun things on our Facebook page. So is it just Tutu Project? Is that what they'd look up? If they're searching for it? Tutu Project. And Tutu is T-U-T-U project. Correct. So so we just want to encourage people, if you're hearing this show, go on to Facebook, search for the Tutu project and like their page. And if you guys see a sudden big burst of them, then you'll know where they came from. But sometimes people listen later, (laughs) so it might not happen all at once. Thank you. That would be fun. So I also understand that on um, on your page, you've got pictures of dogs in pink tutus. What's, what do you, why? What's the therapeutic value of pets? I think I know because well, I have one and he's lovely, but he's never worn a tutu. So. <laughs> well, part of it is our Dare to Tutu campaign and it's put a uh, tutu on, take a picture, this fundraising aspect of it. And people started putting tutus on their pets. One, we even have one on a turtle. And <laughs> it, it's about fun and it's about laughter and it's about easing your mind. Um, again, we get comments on this, like, you know, I was in chemotherapy, I looked on your Facebook page because I wanted to smile, and here's a dog and a tutu. I mean, for me personally, I'm a dog lover, and my dog she is very intuitive to how I feel. She always curls up next to me if I'm having a bad day. And yeah. I think the pictures work that way, and then individually dogs can help so much. You know, they have therapy dogs in cancer centers, and that's mm-hmm. always the high point of my day when I have the dog comes in, it's like, okay, I'm going to hog this dog. Um, yeah, I so hear you. I take my little guy to my office every day, and he loves the girls. He always has to make the rounds and go, you know, jump on him and say, hi, I'm here. And every time someone new walks in the office, he goes up and greets them. It's really, it's so sweet. So, yeah, Aww. dogs are very intuitive. Absolutely. Well, I, I skipped a question I meant to ask you um, before we get to the last question I want to ask you on this segment. And that is, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of having cancer? There's so many, but what do you think there is, the, so is the most challenging? Well, let's see. That's a really good question. I think the, oh boy, there's so many. The treatment, of course, is, I think I would have to narrow it down to two. The emotional mm-hmm. side of it and the financial side of it. Mm-hmm. And it goes, yeah. I don't know if I can pick one of those to be the top. Okay. And, and how, did you, how did you cope with those? Well, emotionally, fortunately for me, I've always, um, I've drawn and I've journaled. That really became a huge tool. As soon as I was diagnosed, I pulled out my journal um, and um, talking to other people. Always, that helped. I found a support group. Uh-huh. Um, that's, I'm not really much of a support group person, but I tried it. Uh-huh. Financially, well, that's a tough one, and that's pretty much prompted us to start the Tutu Project. Okay. Um, and and we're going to go resources. into that in the last segment, so because okay. I want to hear about what what you guys do with the funding from that, because I know it's okay. it's pretty cool. So listen, we're we have a, about another minute before we go out to break, so um, or a couple or something. So let me just ask you this: on your blog, you talk about some of the personal things that have happened to you as a result of being a cancer. Um, survivor, and that you've gone to Greece, you've gone to Germany, you've met people. Tell us about that, because those are the blessings that I think sometimes we overlook very easily. There's things that happen because of it. So why don't you talk for a minute about that before we go out to break? 
there's there's so many moments and I just would stop me whenever I was experiencing them, whether it's Greece or Germany, and just like, I can't believe I'm here meeting these incredible people. But mm-hmm. there's one story. We were in Munich. Bob was speaking at a TEDx talk over there. And we had met this couple in Berlin when we were up there for a, another fundraiser. And they, they drove to Munich and, to see us. And two other people, two other women, drove to meet us after this talk. And we ended up spending the next three days of our time there they were all breast cancer survivors, and they had all chose not to um, have reconstruction. And it was really interesting to hear their perspective. They have this forum. These women, I just love them. They're so strong, and they've opened up this forum for other people because there's all sorts of ways to approach cancer and, and to help women not feel any less because they chose not to be reconstructed. I mean, right. I just was so amazed by their um, how supportive they were of the breast cancer community and how brave they were themselves. I mean, the end of the, they did at this project, and I, I apologize to these women, I can't remember the name of it, but they walked through the streets of Berlin. I mean, for the United States, this sounds probably far-fetched, but in, they have different ideas of nakedness in um, Germany. They drove, they walked through the streets, there were probably 15 of them, bare-chested, just to make people be aware of what happens with breast cancer, and it doesn't, it's not all about building your breasts up afterwards. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It just, I love, they, that was one of my favorite trips with meeting these yeah. women. That is so wonderful. And they're, you know, my life is, it went 180 degrees the opposite direction after my diagnosis. And I was in corporate America, and after my diagnosis, it took me a long time. I'm a slow learner. But I finally got out of there. And when Sharon and I started Breast Friends, it's it just changed our whole lives. So, and it's something, we wouldn't be on this radio show talking to you right now if it hadn't been for cancer on both of our parts, right? I mean, you, you just yes. look for those blessings. You look for those opportunities. And, um, and too many, we really want encourage people people to do that and kind of embrace the journey because there are some excellent moments that can come out of, of any difficult situation that you're in. It's just a matter of, of recognizing it as such and, and then moving forward with it. So on that note, we're going to take another break and we're going to come back and then we're going to talk when we do get back about how the 2-2 project is helping in this journey. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. 
You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to, to our show. We've been talking about the Tutu Project with our guests, Bob and Linda Carey. And Bob, I have to ask you some, about something that you, you made kind of a brief comment about it, but I have to know. When you did a TEDx talk, which, by the way, is quite a kudo, that is not easy to get, and you have to be pretty darn good at what your message is about in order to even be invited. But i got to ask, did you do that in a tutu? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I did it. I did it three times, actually. Um, oh my gosh, that's so funny! It was. Uh, I don't know. I'm searching for like it. Is it on YouTube? Tunnel vision, I... and I just kind of just like when I'm photographing, I just go tunnel vision, and I try not to look at what's going on around me after I <laughs> just survey do it. it yeah. Make sure I'm safe. So is that are any of those like, on YouTube? I on YouTube, can I, I imagine I'm dressed? You know. Yep. <laughs> so can I look? Can I watch those on on YouTube? Will they yeah, be on there somewhere? Two okay. of them on there. One's okay. in Munich I'll just search and for it. TEDx. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. going to search for those and watch them and probably giggle quite a bit. So, all right, so let's probably. make the jump to this last section because we don't have as much time as we did in the first two. But I want to find out how did the Tutu Project make the jump from using just pictures to raise awareness, which I know was your original intent, and then you somehow turned it into providing funding for financial support for cancer patients. How did that happen? Can you tell us how, what, what caused that transition? Oh, I'll start, well, start with that. Um, just because of, you know, living with, at that point it had been probably four years with breast cancer and we were new to New York, self-employed, and just the mountain of bills that came, the high de- deductibles, um, so many things that weren't covered by our plan. When I took the pictures to the cancer center. Women really responded and resonated with the emotions that Bob had shown. Um, I brought this story back to Bob, and he said, well, wouldn't it be great if we had a book of these images across the country in cancer centers? And then that led to the conversation, well, what if we donate some of the proceeds to a cancer organization? We couldn't find one that... Not that we, we liked many of them, but we didn't know which ones to use, so we started our own, which we knew nothing about. <laughs> Sounds so like what we did with Breast Friends. Yeah, you just, you just go. Yeah, because there really aren't a lot of organizations that, that provide funding for patients. You know, I mean, there's some really big organizations, but most of their money goes to research, which is wonderful. We need research, but we also need support for the women who are diagnosed right now, um, not you know, 20 years from now if they get this thing finally figured out. So both are very important. And so you just start, so you started selling the photos. Did you put them in a book or were they all calendars? What did you do? Um, We started, here, go ahead, Bob. So the way it happened was, is we tried to get a book deal and we were, um, we weren't able to because it was around 2008. And then in 2011, it just, you know, nothing ever happened. So what we did was we did kind of a Kickstarter thing, but we did it on our own where we just had people sponsor the book. So what we decided to offer uh, a print and a book for $500, a limited edition prints, and mm-hmm. uh, only 10 of each image were printed. And oh, Linda wow. That is limited. Out, we sent out a mission a mission statement to 1,300 of my Facebook friends. Somebody mm-hmm. turned our story into the Daily News. The day that the Daily News article came out, Yahoo interviewed us. Two hours later, we had seven. They put it on their homepage, and within two hours, we had 17,000 likes on our. Uh, fan page and we were getting emails from all over the United States and oh wow uh, three I got days later I was having lunch with the vice president of the NFL and then we were on Fox and <laughs> Friends and then we hired a uh, a uh, an attorney to get our 501c3 because good that was my next question so, in. Awesome. it all happened in like a day <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, it just goes then, to show uh, when you're doing the right thing. We were on the Today Show. Oh, What's my that? gosh. 
it just goes to show you what happens when you're doing the right thing. I mean, it just it just kind of the trail blazes right in front of you, and it's like go that way. Okay, you know, good job. So then you were on the Today Show. So, yeah, and like three years before, I was speaking at the International Center for Photography at my friend's class, and I mentioned something that this is what I wanted to do, and I showed the images, and a gentleman. Um, came up to me and said, uh, my fiance had, has breast cancer and, um, I love your story and I'm a producer at the today show. And when you're ready to do whatever you want to do, let me know. And, uh, I will pitch it to our senior producers. And over the next three years, he and I became really good friends. And then when this whole thing kind of went viral went viral I called him and a month later we were on the today show and we raised sixty thousand dollars in 12 hours and we were able to publish our book and it within seven months of our uh, uh, deciding to go you know to make this thing happen on our own uh, there was you know five thousand books in our driveway oh my know? gosh so it wow. happened really fast, and we have like 20 books left, and we oh my save those for special people, like special cancer people that need them and want them. That's that's incredible. So how much money do you guys think you've raised as a, as a 501c3 with this project um, over the years? Let's see. We've raised 35, $400,000 at least. Oh my gosh! And then, so here, here's the tough question. So, what what happens with that money? How do you use it? Well, because we're a small organization, we find like-minded organizations to help us. Mm-hmm. Met these people that need help. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. We're starting oh. a grant program that they're um, oh. we're funding it and they're organizing it. Grants will be five hundred to a thousand dollars. Cancer care. They help with wigs, lymphedema mm-hmm. garments. Transportation, mm-hmm. childcare. Another one is uh, Four Three Sisters. These are these are all wonderful organizations. They have a program called Road to Resources, and they really help out the very beginning when it's so crazy. You hear you have a diagnosis, like what's the next step? And they also right. help okay. find resources, financial resources. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you guys are doing such such an amazing job with with all of this. It's so your story is so inspiring. Now, I understand recently you guys joined forces with a couple different organizations, the Vital Options International and is it Healthio 360? What yes. what is that and what does that partnership entail? Well, um it was a grant they gave us a $5,000 grant and because mm-hmm. both organizations have um well, Debbie, um, who owns the first organization, Vital Options International, she had experience with breast cancer herself. And then Dave Duplay of Healthio, his uh, vice president had breast cancer. And so they're, I mean, they're a great organization anyway, but they wanted to partner with us and um, help us give gas cards, um, food cards, and, we'll, and that's a grant that we'll be handling ourselves. We're not handing that off to anyone else. Uh, they're a wonderful organization. They have so many, um, healthio360.com has so many um, resources for people with cancer, and it's not just breast cancer. Oh, that's wonderful. So that sounds like a great partnership. When did that, when did that happen? So I, I understand it's recent, but is it? Yes, just a month ago, and we'll oh, wow. be doing a video in the next, let's see, what is it in November? Probably in October. Um, and okay. then we'll be announcing the partnership in the next few weeks. Oh, that's Very great. Exciting. These are well, wonderful, wonderful people. So how can we, what are some of the ways people, if, if somebody's really inspired by this story, what are some of the ways they can get involved with the Tutu Project? Do you accept volunteers? What? How, yeah, always, always looking for volunteers. Um, on our website, we have a campaign, an annual campaign called Dare to Tutu. There's some great ideas for individuals, schools, um, corporations. And it doesn't have to be just in October. We would really love to spread the love throughout the year because, of mm-hmm. course, we know breast cancer is 365 <laughs> days, not just 31. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, that's for sure. If people need support, they can, um, well, if there's a grant process for companies, but 
Mm-hmm. And I always give out my email. It's Linda at the tutuproject.com. They can email me. If they, need, if they need help financially, I can direct them in the right sort. If they need to just talk, okay. I'm happy to talk. It could be through email. Um, but So this but is someone who involved. just needs individual support is what you're talking about here. So if they need, if they need financial support for, you know, whatever for a month that they would talk to you, or if they just want emotional support and want to talk to you, that's what you're, that's what you're referring to here. Exactly. They, they Actually, I was referring okay. to two people that crossed over, two things that crossed over for for organizations like cancer care. There's a grant pro- application that they can fill out. Okay. And okay. then we decide once a year, who we're going to fund. So there's two things. It's the organization as well as the individual. There's on there, there's two, two cheer packages. If people um, want to send someone just, we have this little gift and I send a note of encouragement. Um, no, that's... If people who are just, you know, having a hard time, if they themselves are having a hard time, they can nominate themselves or someone okay. else can be nominated. Okay. And then they can write you at Linda at the two, two, is it? I'm sorry. I wrote. It, started to write it down. And I got distracted here. So the two two project dot com. Is that what you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. And two two is spelled out. T U T U. Okay. So Linda at the two two project dot com. Okay. Cool. All right. Here's a big question for you, Bob. What's next for you? And I think we have like, give me the thirty second version. What's next for you? Well, I'm uh, working on and concepting as far as what's next and the direction, Mm -hmm. as far as what a new book might look like, and uh, something just to change it up a little bit to add some, you know, different flavor to it. Cool. That'll be fun. I I can't wait to see that. We have calendars every year, so... Oh, and, and that, let me ask you real quick, love, how do people order the calendar from you? Because I, I want to make sure we get that online before we have to go off the air in about a minute. So um, so quick, quickly, how do they order a calendar? They can visit our website, the22project.com. And again, that's okay. spelled out, T-U-T-U. We have a shop. They can order them. They can order, okay. I think, until December 18th for Christmas presents. It's great. Excellent. I, of course, I'm Excellent. partial. But that'll be that'll be wonderful. So you guys, we have to go. But I'm so excited you on our show today. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. For all of those of you listening, just remember that we will be back next week. Until then, remember there's always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you, Bob and Linda. You guys are great. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.